Hello everyone and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. My name is Victor Omoyo and we are on episode 66. It is Thursday, March 23, 2017 and with me is... Man, Carl Bird. That's the infamous YouTube episode. Uh, special shout outs to our cohorts, Harris Tejeda, Maurice Arulo. I think I said, yeah, it's Maurice Arulo. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, they couldn't make it, but no matter what, the show still goes on. That's right. So this week is a two-man power trip right here. It's uh, Carl and myself. We cannot be the consistently inconsistent podcast forever. So we got to have episodes. We got to hit you with that content. So we decided to take matters into our own hands. And uh, you're finna make them mad, ain't you? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I'm finna make it mad because listen, <laughs> listen. I'm gonna keep it 100. Listen, I know we we we're, we call ourselves the the consistently inconsistent podcast, but we gotta try to fight that because you know. You know, we 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 we, we got to provide the content. You know, we I got a camera, I got a microphone, I got a lighting setup. So you know what, we gonna do this episode, right? So yeah. Tell them why you mad. Yeah, I'm gonna tell, tell them why. why you mad. <laughs> we gotta get to it. Let's get <laughs> to this. Victor, boy, what the hell you been up to? Uh, been been up to a few things. Uh, last week was a spring break. Uh, so I had a week off, you know, of teaching in the middle of the semester. So we're at the halfway nice. point. So uh, spring breaks. Yeah, a long man. time ago. <laughs> I'm old. Yeah, I'm an old man too, man. But uh, yeah, thankfully the semester is almost over. But uh, during my spring break, I had a chance to catch up on a bunch of movies, uh, a bunch of a um, couple of books. Like what? Um, one of the movies that, that I did catch up on was a movie that this year is the 20th anniversary of. And I have it right here. Space Jam? Fuck no. Fuck no. Space Jam is whack. But we're talking about an, an awesome movie starring one of the great actors of all of all time. Denzel? Well, well, Denzel Washington he is, but he's not Samuel in this Samuel Jackson? He, he's cool too, but he's not in this. Humphrey Bogart? He, 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 no, no. James Dean? No. The, the, Al Pacino? Yo, can I, can I get to the movie though? I'm getting letting you go to the movie. But um, the movie that I finally had a chance to see after 20 years is... Space Jam. No. It's uh, Harrison Ford's Air Force One. I had never seen this movie all these years. I've seen thousands of movies, but I had never had a chance to see Air Force One. No, I've never seen it either. No, you're missing out though. I mean, this movie this movie is... It's hot fire. It's, it's an awesome 90s action movie. Uh, Harrison Ford uh, plays uh, the president. Uh, President James Marshall, who's Space Jam uh, was an awesome '90s movie. Nah, that shit was hot garbage. But but Harrison Ford, he plays a uh, U.S. President James Marshall, and basically Air Force One. He has to defend it from these Russian terrorists who have hijacked the airplane, and it's up to him to save the day. And uh, the movie's just like you know '90s action movie cheese, but it is kind of illogical. But that's what makes it so great. And there's nothing about it that, you know, it's, 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 it's ridiculous, you know, from top to bottom, but it's just so entertaining, well-paced. It's definitely one of Harrison Ford's uh, most popular films in the, in the 90s. Um, I, I can't believe that I hadn't watched it all this time, but I had a blast watching it. Ooh. And, uh, you know, Harrison Ford, you know, he's all, and Gary Oldman was terrific in it as the uh, main villain. You know, and Harrison Ford's all like, get off my plane. And then it, 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 it's awesome. It's terrific. I swear Harrison Ford's going to be the next Clint Eastwood. Uh, yeah, you know, I think he's... He, I don't know, just something about them. It's just like, I just see... Just when you said that, I'm like, it just really automatically took me to Gran Torino when he just said, get off my lawn. And uh, just, I'm like, Harrison Ford can't be the next Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I think he's pretty much 80 dead. years old and punching holes in cabinets. <laughs> you know, that, that, you know I, would, I would love to see a Harrison Ford, Clint Eastwood movie. Just the two of them. It sure happened. Has it? No, I don't think they've been in a movie together. Oh. But to see old man Clint and old man Harrison Ford, just like it could be like a buddy cop movie. I would be, I would, just, I would be there. I would, I would, I would watch it twice. The motherfuckers can't run. Shit. Hey, it's all right. It's all right because when you have. But old... then again, yeah, Harrison. But then Clint Eastwood punched a hole in Gran Torino through a cabinet. So I mean. He did. I mean, yo, don't sleep on old man strength, yo. Old, old men, yo, yo, don't don't sleep on them. They might not move fast, but when they hit you, they'll knock, they'll rock your fucking world, man. Oh yeah, it's true. I mean, some of my worst beatings in my life came from my grandparents. So. Yep, there you go, man. It's that it's that old world strength, and when 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 the world beats you down, makes you weary, makes you hard, makes you hardy, yeah, tough. It's true. I mean, at one point, my grandparents didn't have no civil rights. 
Yep. See, there you go, man. Life, life made the struggle made it hard. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, that one, <laughs> that one person straight there's something else. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, that's what I saw. I saw Air Force One. Awesome '90s movie. Check it out. One of Harrison Ford's best. And I had, I finally had a chance to uh, watch um, uh, the first three movies in the Fast and Furious. Yeah. If Harrison's here, he get a high five. Yeah. Yeah, I totally would. You know what? High five on that one. Boom. That means you like them. You know, I, I, I gotta say, alright, uh, my history my history with the Fast and Furious movies. I saw the very first one when it came out in June 2001. Mm -hmm. I was 17 years old. Yeah. I really enjoyed the fa the first Fast and Furious movie. Who didn't? You know, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a good question, who didn't? But then I ignored, you know, Too Fast, Too Furious. You know you like Hogan. I know, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I know, but I'm just showing like a lineup of all the uh, movies in the back. They can't see that. Yeah, they, 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 well, not that good. You have to literally. Mm. Well, I mean, they can, they can see it right now. See, right, all, all in order. Right Our there. audience knows the order of Fast well. and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I saw that, and I finally had a chance to see uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, and Tokyo Drift. Those are the only two that I hadn't seen before. Okay. Um, Too Fast, Too Furious. That's the that's the first movie with uh, Tyrese Gibson, his first appearance yeah. as Roman Pierce. I thought that movie was, it was all right. It was it was all right. It was it was a it was in my view on par with the first film. Yeah. In terms of quality, I thought they were both good. Tokyo Drift gets a bad rap, and and I could to I could totally see why. It was not one of my favorites, but it's not. But you know what? Tokyo Drift really wasn't that bad. I mean, even though um the the lead the lead actor I think Lucas it's Black Lucas Black. I mean, he's playing a teenager, and I, I think at the time at the time when the movie was released, I think he was like in his early twenties, like 22, 23, I believe. That happens. But he really didn't look like, look like a teenager at all. And he looked like, I was looking, I was like, come on, dude, you look like you're my age. And then you fast forward to uh, The Fate and the Furious, which, which is coming out. And apparently, um, Tokyo Drift actually take, took place before Furious 7 in the chronological Yeah, if you want to go to the chronological order, I actually have it in my phone right here. Oh my god, what did I just do? I lost it. Okay, here we go. So it starts off with the first Fast and the Furious. Mm -hmm. Then there's Turbo Charge, which is a short film that's probably somewhere in the DVD in yeah, box set. Um, then you go to Too Fast, Too Furious, then Los Bandolo Bandoleros. Mm -hmm. uh, my Spanish is horrible. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, that's a little short film before Fast Fast and Furious. Mm -hmm. Then on to Fast Five, Fast and Furious 6, then Tokyo Drift. Hmm. Because remember, Han dies. Yeah. Then Furious 7, and now The Fate of the Furious. Alright, so, so in that case, uh, Tokyo Drift takes place before Furious 7. Yes. All right. See, see, that's the thing, though. It's like, if if that if since that's the case, and if they were to include uh, Lucas Black's character in the series again, I mean, the man is pr pretty much our age. He's in his mid thirties, so mm -hmm. he would still be playing a teenager. So not necessarily. It depends on the length of the timeline. Cause there's been like some little bit of time in between movies. So yeah. I mean, but but even so, like if they were, if they featured him, it, it would still be a little awkward because like his character's age would still be close to a high schooler. So I mean, he still played off. I mean, nah, I mean they could probably CG. I'm 32. Him. I still look. I've been told I still look 24. But. Yeah, I mean it, it, it can happen. He, I mean, he still looks fairly young. It could happen. I mean, unless unless they kind of what they did to Michael Douglas in Ant Man. Well, yeah, they could de-age him, you know, that, that witch-burner technology. That's just scary as fuck. It, it kind of is, but but that's just something that just kind of, like, um, st stood out in my mind. Kind of like a little awkward character or plot hole, if you will. But I think Tokyo Drift was was, was alright. It was fine for what it was. Um, I think I think it gets an unfairly unfair rep. But I thought I thought it was a nice, uh, decent continuation of the Fast and Furious uh, franchise. Now, if you ask me what my favorite film of the franchise is in this collection, I gotta go with Fast Five. Fast Five, yeah, because it, yeah, I can understand because it trying to it just completely turned, yeah, the whole thing from just car racing to Italian job esque type yeah. films and stuff like the heist so, film. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it, it, but yet the cars are. There's still a main entrance, uh, still somewhat a part of the movie, but they just added much more storyline to it. Yeah. So I can see why and fit. You know, Fast Five was a good, was definitely a good one. Oh yeah, definitely. So and then I can't even say which one's my favorite. 
I'm gonna say Tokyo Drift's my least favorite, but yeah. Fast, uh, yeah, I really don't have an absolute favorite. Yeah, I mean, I would go with Fast Five and then Furious Seven as like pretty much like Furious Seven maybe a close second to Fast Five, and then maybe Furious Six as number three. But but uh, maybe who knows? Who knows? Uh, who knows where they'll what the order will be when F Fate and the Furious comes out next month? Now, yeah, are you actually becoming a Fast and Furious fan? I like the Fast and Furious franchise. I'm a, okay. I, I, I am Here a we fan. go. That's all we need. That's I, all we need. I am. Harris, it's on video. It's documented. We got it. Okay, look. Listen, I am a we fan, got it. but I, I acknowledge how how ludicrous the whole franchise has become. But but here's the thing. Here's my one question about the Fast and Furious movies. I mean, since, since you know, you and I were in our 30s, we're grown men, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if if most fans, most adult fans... See, see this franchise for how, in the same perspective that that I see it, or how we see it to a certain extent, in the sense that do adults watch this series with an ironic eye? Like, do they know how ridiculous this series is, or do they genuinely like get really amped up and excited about it? Like, wow, this is I can't wait to see. Who knows what's gonna happen next? Like, yeah, are, 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 yeah that's exactly what we do. Because we want to watch this movie to have fun. We don't want to study this shit. We want to have fun, damn it. <laughs> I mean, I have fun with movies, too. I mean... What the fuck is fun about cancer? Alright, look, man. <laughs> I am sick of this meme about, oh, Victor likes movies with cancer, terminally ill cancer patients. I don't know where this meme came from. Look at your track record. If you go back... If you go back... The previous 65 episodes, mm -hmm. it's gonna show like, yo, Victor likes movies with cancer. Listen, man, just because a, a good deal of the movies I like are, are serious dramas that involve some terminal disease, so what? I mean, it, it, what matters is the story, the, the, like, the, the acting, the directing. Like, it, but it shows. The numbers show. You and, like movies with cancer. Whatever, man. I mean, I'll give it a good 70%. Well, I mean, I mean all right, name, name a movie. Off the top of your head. Oh my god, and you said it the other day. Oh. Was it uh, Nocturnal Animals? That one. Yep. Alright, alright, that was one. Um, alright, name another one then. Okay, there was one where the question of the week was the uh, movie death that hit, that hit you the hardest. Mm -hmm. Of course, like any other normal human being, I said Mufasa from The Lion King or mm -hmm. Ricky from Boys in the Hood. And then you said it's somebody who died from a disease, from a terminal disease. No, not not a terminal disease, but I think it was it was Hillary Swank in a Million Dollar Baby. Yep, there you go. Yeah, but but like she died of par well, paralysis, and then like you know she got taken off life support. Paralysis can be terminal. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah so there you go. There's two. I mean, whatever. Let's move on. Man. <laughs> Let's move on. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I you should have a little PO meter for Victor. <laughs> man. Everybody loves your Victor Free. Everybody loves the Victor Free counts. Man, I don't know. Y'all, y'all try, y'all try to instigate shit to get me to that point, but I'm gonna try to. I, I see, I see your, I see y'all. Do game. it. I can do it. Look, I see y'all's game. I'm, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to lock that down, man. I'm not trying to give y'all the satisfaction. Okay. But uh, but yeah, you know the, the you know Fast and Furious. I mean, it's a cool franchise, but I'm just saying that you know, you know, I, I just wonder if there are grown adults who see you know the the, the footage of you know you know Vin Diesel and company. Strutting, strutting into the scene with like this, you know, modern hip hop music, and then you see asses jiggling on the screen next to next to fast cars. And I wonder if, if I wonder if grown adults look at that and say, "Wow, that's really cool, man! I want to be like them." Do they genuinely see that in that way? Grown, grown, grown men and women. Sometimes they just want to get caught up in the fantasy. That's it. They just get caught up in the fantasy for those two, three hours, and oh yeah, I would love to. I would love to be Vin Diesel just walking around Dubai. Whiskey, you know. I don't know. Man. I want to drive a car through a skyscraper, and then another skyscraper, mm. and then another skyscraper. What the the adrenaline rush for that? Please. Uh, 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 I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm a little too sophisticated to get in that mindset. Sophisticated. But... Sophisticated. Oh, <laughs> whatever. Maybe you gotta do the sophisticated <laughs> Oscar T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> That's that Ben Carson. <laughs> oh, that Ben Carson. All right, all right. But, uh, I was holding a mic. That's why I came out looking like a T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I had on my end. So, uh, Carl, what about you? What, uh, what I've got, you well, um, not too much between, you know, because all I pretty much do is work. Um, I started the new, well, I finished it, the new Dave Chappelle Netflix series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the man still got it. 
The man still got it. I mean, I'm sitting there screaming in tears and like laughing. It, I, I would say the first one is better, but regardless, you will still, you will enjoy both of them. So get on Netflix, both Dave Chappelle epi um, specials, get on them and you'll enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And um, last, was it last week? Yeah, last week uh, we got hit with a, what was supposed to be like a pretty bad storm. Yeah. So I went to the Red Box just to prepare myself, and I got into uh, the latest PlayStation classic, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. Man, I see you're playing this as well. Mm -hmm. This game literally is a work of art. You can actually catch me playing it during um, during the storm on our Twitch channel. Yep. Find us, Codex Prime Podcast. Yep. But, I mean, there were times where I had to stop. Mm. And just look at the graphics. Like yeah. the graphic, it, that game is literally a work of art. It is like, and, um, like the the visuals, just like seeing all the foliage and the grass moving, and then all the trees and the the the, the, the various environments. The, uh, uh, what got me was actually like in this in the motion, the actors, like the motion of their faces when they're yeah. at, you know, the actors. You can see like the detail in the face. You can actually see them. Mm -hmm. pronouncing the words that they are saying mm -hmm. and I just I was so mad that I had it for like those two days just mm -hmm. to you know to play it as much as I can mm -hmm. um it was it, it was a complete awesome game I really need to just invest in it and just finish it because it's like you I started something and now it's like I kind of got blue balls I need to finish I need to finish <laughs> I need to finish so um yeah looking I really do need to finish it. I urge you to play it. Mm -hmm. Get a PlayStation just to play that game. Yeah, and I'm I'm currently 30 hours in the game, and I'm still like not nowhere near finished with the main quest. So, it's I was it, lost for a while. I'll, I'll admit it. I just took that time to just look at the scenery and be like, God damn, this game looks amazing. Oh yeah, you can like screenshot each. You can you can screenshot any part of the game and kind of frame it, you know, and 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 put put it up on your wall. It's that yeah. good. And uh, for me, it's like, that's like the Sony PlayStation um, Zelda experience. That's our Breath of the Wild, Arison Maurice. <laughs> I agree. Mm. I agree. Breath of the Wild does look good. I haven't had a chance to really sit down and play it, but I watched a friend play it. And it does, it does look good. Mm -hmm. I can see the fun factor in it. But I, can't, I really can't really compare the two and say which one's better. So Yeah. In that case, I'll, I'll leave it up to the fans. Like, for those who have played both games, Breath of the Wild or Horizon Zero Dawn, what's your favorite? Email the show. Yeah, let us know. Go to podcast at gmail.com. Word. Yeah. yeah. So, well, what's up with the news? What's up with all the news items that's been going on lately? Yeah, we got, we got to we'll get, get into some uh, news and items of this week. Uh, first off, um, Warner Brothers is apparently working on a brand new Matrix film. And it's rumored to be a prequel about a young Morpheus, and the studio wants Michael B. Jordan for the role. Uh, screenwriter Zach Penn, who's working on this uh, Matrix film, uh, clarified on Twitter that the new Matrix film will not be a reboot, and that, quote, no one could or should reboot the Matrix. Right. And instead, WB is interested in creating uh, different stories set in the Matrix universe, and there's no word on whether or not the Wachowskis will be involved. Wachowskis need to be involved. You think so? Yes. Even, yes. Even, it's their creation. Shit, why not? All right, I see, I see what you're saying. Um, it's like, yo, you want to do Sons of Anarchy without Kurt Sutter? Well, I haven't seen Sons. Of, I haven't seen the show yet, but I hear nothing but great things about it. But don't we have a bet where you were supposed to start it? Yes, I start the Shield. You start Sons of Anarchy. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll get on that. That soon. was a, yeah. I, I got too much shows on my plate, but um, I think the Wachowskis maybe they could they could get involved from a maybe creating the story or the outline for it, but not necessarily the screenplay. And I say that because, you know, the, the first Matrix is a classic. Yeah. It's, it's almost 20 years old. But the sequels... No, yes, it yeah, it is. came out in 99. Yes, it is. Damn. Yeah. But the two sequels, Reloaded Damn. and... Yeah. Reloaded and Revolutions, they kind of missed the mark, though. It is. Yeah, it didn't live up to the first one. So I, I completely understand that. But even yeah. then, still, you know, you got to have, like, you got to have, like, the creative force behind this. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, it didn't work as well with the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. Having, you know, having George Lucas involved. But, I mean, even then, still, even it's more of, like, a respect thing you got to have. 
I mean, I, I, see, I see what you're saying. Maybe, I mean, because the Wachowskis are very creative filmmakers, and, and, they're, and they're excellent at coming up with great concepts. Have they done anything since The Matrix? Yeah, they did a Speed Racer in 2006. Oh, that motion sickness? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen Speed Racer. I watched the trailers. That was motion sickness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they also did a Cloud Atlas, which was a really underrated film. Oh, okay. Yeah, with the, yeah I, I highly recommend people seeing, yeah. seeing that film. And they also did a Jupiter Ascending, which got pretty much fair to middling to pretty much negative re reviews. Isn't that part of the Divergent series? No, that's way different. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember hearing the Jupiter Ascending. I just can't quite remember. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I'm really I'm I'm curious about this, especially if they cast uh, Michael B. Jordan as a young Morpheus. I I would I'm I'm curious to see where where that might go. You can play it off. Yeah. I but, can I can see it. I'm picturing it. I can see it. Oh yeah, because he's a he's a terrific actor. Yeah, he and, is. And um and I'm also glad that you know that this that this next Matrix film will not be a reboot. No, that, no, do not do do not reboot it. It's yeah. like it's like Back to the Future. It's like Back to the Future. Yeah. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Yeah. Just leave it alone. Mm. Indeed. So, who knows? Who knows? Maybe this will positively revitalize the Matrix franchise. But, hey, I'm curious to see what, what, what ideas they come up with. Um, speaking... Christensen. Nah, no, no hating Christensen, <laughs> man. Get out of here. But uh, uh, in more uh, sequel or prequel news, uh, Ridley Scott announces a, a new Alien film coming out following Alien Covenant. He announced uh, Alien Awakening, as well as more Alien films coming down the pike. Uh, Scott announced that Alien Awakening will be the sequel to the upcoming Alien Covenant, which comes out this May, and that Awakening will be followed up with three more Alien films. And there's no word on Neil Blomkamp's alien film. Neil Blomkamp, he directed uh, District 9. Um, his film, his alien film will not be included in uh, among these future alien films. Hmm. So, yeah, what do you think about uh, the alien franchise? Have you seen any of the films? No. Alien vs. Predator, I'm sure that doesn't count, but... For, no. Alright, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you mean to tell me that you have not seen any of the alien films in the franchise? Not Alien... By Ridley Scott, nope. Aliens by James Cameron, nope. not even Alien Three, nope. or Alien Resurrection. Nope. You can ignore Alien Resurrection, but still, you haven't seen any of those films. Nope. Just haven't had the chance to watch it. Okay. I have, in I've had interest in watching it. I just never got the chance. Why is he on this podcast? He hasn't seen any of these films, dude. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just add it to the, just add it to the list. Just add it to the list along with Harry Potter's and Lord of the Rings. I know. I know. All right, all right, people. Listen, my boss has actually told me that I told him I'd never seen Harry Potter. He said, listen, you are a terrible person. You are. And I hope you rot in hell. Yeah, I do too. Uh, uh, Jesus. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't wish that. Come on, man. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that cruel. But uh, uh, listeners out there, um, if you, uh, we're, look, we're looking to replace uh, our, our, our co-host here, you know, yeah. not pointing any fingers. So if there are any... Any, anybody out there with uh, true nerd credentials and have seen the franchise that this one here hasn't seen, email the show with your, with your resume and credentials and we might you know, find a suitable replacement. Codex Prime Podcast at gmail.com. You should be ashamed of yourself, man. No, goodwill, my ass ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I will say this, though, about the uh, Alien uh, franchise. I mean, I, I, I love the, the first three films and, and I do have a soft spot for Alien Resurrection, as heavily flawed as that movie is. I'm a little, I'm I'm a little ambivalent about about having three more Alien films in the franchise, and they're all prequels, mind you. And they all started started off with a Prometheus, which came yes. out in 2012. And Prometheus, um, it could have been a great film, but it was disappointing because of the screenplay, which was uh, co-written by Damon Lindelof, who took a simple premise and just made it unnecessarily convoluted. And I don't know, like they're they're, they're trying to make they're trying to make the Alien franchise, like the, the lore, more, much more deeper than it actually really needs to be. I'll tell you exactly what they want to do. They see money in the franchise. Yeah. Let's make money. Let's keep making these movies and make money. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. I mean, I, I know that, like, from a business standpoint, 20th Century Fox wants to keep the Alien train going. Yep. But from a narrative perspective, it doesn't really make much sense. I'm sure it doesn't. It just... That's exactly what they do. That's exactly the intent. What they intend to do. Yeah. Look at Fast and Furious. Could it could have been that seven? It should have. 
but they want to keep going. Yeah, they want to. Keep... I am okay with that. Well, yeah, because you know there there are way more popcorn munching mouth breathers in the uh, world. Damn, here we than, go. Uh, than than sophisticated moviegoers, but that's just another story. But um, but you know, I, I I'm I'll I'll definitely see Alien Covenant, which comes out in May, and I'll provide a review of that as well. But again, not really looking forward to more alien films if they're not really needed from a narrative perspective okay but uh but that's next. just it uh next up is uh there's a venom movie in the works uh sony columbia uh they announced uh venom will be released on october 5th 2018 and that it will be a standalone spin-off of the spider-man franchise so it's not quite going to be part of the uh, spider-man mcu universe but it's going to be its own thing uh currently however no one has been cast in the role and there's no director for the movie yet, but it's scheduled to come out next October. Lord Jesus, don't cast Topher Grace. <laughs> I mean, Topher Grace, I, I think... Nope, he was awful. Well, he was, but only because in Spider-Man 3, they the studio crowbarred Venom in a movie where it should have been just Sandman and uh, Harry Osborn's uh, Green Goblin. Or Hobgoblin, rather. But... No. Um, no, just... No, just don't. Don't do it. Yeah, but n don't don't, like, like don't like don't cast Topher Grace or don't ca don't make That's it. That's Eric Foreman. Yeah, you mean oh Eric Foreman from um from that '70s show. Oh right, <laughs> um, but a screenplay uh, of this Venom movie has been written, and it's written by Scott Rosenberg, who's gonna make who's who wrote the uh, Jumanji reboot, which is coming out this year, and also Jeff Pinkner is a co-writer of this uh, Venom movie, and he, but he also co-wrote the Amazing Spider-Man two, hmm. which. I had no problem with it. I had no problems with the Amazing Spider-Man series. I, mean, I was really looking forward to that whole that we got we got teased with a bit with the whole Sinister Six. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see where they would go with that. I had a problem. Rhino shouldn't have been a machine because mm -hmm. that's not the Rhino that I grew up on. But mm -hmm. I had no problem with it. Well, I, I have I've only seen part of a Spider -Man, Amazing Spider-Man two, and from what I saw, I just didn't bother finishing the rest of it. Finish it. It's not bad. It's not as bad as you think it is. I mean, I'll say it's marginally better than Spider-Man 3, but that's not saying much. But um, It definitely is better than Spider-Man 3. Yeah. I would say that. But I would, I would say a Venom movie, I mean, it could work, but um, if it's not going to be really tied into the main uh, MCU Spider-Man universe, I mean, what exactly is the point besides money? Um, there you go. You, just, you literally just answered that I question. Mean, I mean, Venom, I think as a character, is interesting. I think that if they, if they cast the right actor and have a, a, a rich screenplay, then it could be something worthwhile. But I think with the Venom character, it could, be, it, it could, it could possibly work. But um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the answer lies in maybe coming up with a completely different treatment of the Venom character. Maybe maybe give a different spin that we haven't seen before to make it worthwhile. Otherwise, it's just going to be like maybe paint by numbers. I suppose, but 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 the fact that they have a release date and they haven't cast an actor or director kind of smacks of like maybe like a cynical move, at least from my perspective. Okay, so the Batman script to be completely rewritten. Well, we know where the DCEU is going. Yeah, man, the DC Extended Universe is really messing things up royally. Um, according to sources close to the production, uh, this film, The Batman, is going to be rewritten entirely from scratch. And uh, there's no word on, on who's working on the new screenplay, but uh, this development has delayed the film's original uh, 2018 release. And what's, what's, what makes it even worse is that because of the new development, because the script has to be re rewritten from scratch, uh, the actor uh, Joe Manganiello, who's who's cast to play uh, Deathstroke, he's actually unsure whether or not he's still going to be in the movie. Is he on the contract? I'm not sure, if but he's on the contract. He pretty much ain't got no choice. Yeah, and this is just one of many uh, of of a few problems that have propped up in the in this film's production. Because one, you had Ben Affleck, who was originally going to direct the film, yeah. in addition to starring in it, but then he dropped out of directing, so he's still going to just star as Batman and Bruce Wayne. So he was replaced with Matt Reeves, who's also directing the upcoming uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, coming out this year. Mm -hmm. And um, and on top of that. 
because of the because of the screenplay it has to be rewritten. It's it was supposed to come out the, the film was supposed to come out next year in 2018. Right. So now that that's taken off the slate and it's only Aquaman that's coming out and I believe in December of that year of next year. Uh, WB they're actually trying to fast track one of five films on their future slate. And so right now WB they're looking to fast track either The Flash, uh, Dark Universe, Suicide Squad 2. Gotham City Sirens or Green Lantern Corps to come out alongside Aquaman. And mind you, The Flash, they originally had, um, they actually, yeah, they had a Rick Famuyiwa who directed this awesome movie, Dope. He was gonna direct The Flash, but then he, I think he dropped out. And I, I don't know who replaced him, but man, did w, w, I, I blame one, I believe, yeah, I blame Warner Brothers. The the suits they just they they just don't know their products. They just don't. They need to they need to learn to listen to their fans, mm -hmm. as what Marvel did. Even Twentieth Century Fox listened to their fans, and they got good. They got two good movies under their belt. Mm -hmm. Deadpool and Logan. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, the WB just listen to the fans. We know what we want. Yeah, and um, this. And, and this development, it, it just shows how desperate uh, Warner Brothers and DC are, are trying to catch up to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that, like, they're, work, they're hustling backwards, essentially. Like, Pretty much. They, they, start, they started off uh, with introducing the entire Justice League, or nearly the entire Justice League at first. And now they're trying to uh, retroactively work backwards with solo films from each of them. And in fact, the Justice League film is actually going to come out this fall. Yeah, and we don't have any, we don't have a relationship with the characters yet. They literally mm -hmm. just introduce everybody in an email attachment. Yeah, basically. And uh, this, and, and, and really at, at this point, I think, I know Warner Brothers has too much money in the game that they've spent at this point, but I, I, was, I would recommend that they could just totally scrap everything that they've already done and go back to the drawing Star, board. Yes. I think that would be that would be wise. I think that if anything, they should have just kept Christopher Logan, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I mean, Christopher Nolan. If 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 they kept him as a creative force, if they kept if they made him direct more DC films, I mean, I think that would have been, I guess, drawing drawing from the well a little bit too much because Christopher Nolan, he's such a uh, original filmmaker that to chain him to direct comic book movies would be kind of like a kind of like a. I guess a misuse of his talent, as his, of his creative talent. So I'm glad that they actually moved away from from Nolan, and but at, at at this point, it's like they should take cues from the MCU, or better yet, start start fresh. You know, start off with uh, original takes, solo takes of each of the characters, and then build up towards a a main film, or 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 even or even that. Just scratch all that. They don't even. I think DCEU should take. A completely different direction and not have a shared cinematic universe i think each film just should should exist in their own continuity their own individual universes and never the never the the two or three or a dozen shall meet and then and they could allude to other 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 heroes or other yeah, worlds but people, but people still want to see they still would want to see that eventually I, yeah, it's they are going to want to see the justice league yeah, it's it's true, but but DC I see fans, but I, I I don't know. It's 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 like Warner Brothers. They're just they're they're just playing so hard. They're playing so hard to catch up, and it's really biting them in the ass. And it makes me worried about how the Wonder Woman movie is going to turn out. I was going to ask you that. Are you still looking forward to seeing Wonder Woman? I I I I've, I've I, all right. Here's my thing. I am I am going to see Wonder Woman, which when it's, when it comes out, I think in June, I believe. Or July. I will see it when it comes I'm out. I'm gonna see it regardless. Am I a DC fan? No, I'm still gonna see it regardless. I will say this: depending on how the Wonder Woman movie turns out, if it turns out, if it ends up another disappointment, if it ends up as DCEU's fourth consecutive disappointment, I will not watch the rest of DC slate. I will not watch Justice League, Aquaman, Flash, forget it. I will ignore the entire DCEU. Fourth. Yeah, because you had Man of Steel, flop number one. Okay. Batman vs. Superman, flop two. Suicide Squad, flop three. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I literally just started from Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, I mean... 
if they if they fuck up Wonder Woman, I'm gonna lose my shit on this podcast. I've said that before. Oh, that's gonna be great content. Oh God, please let that happen. That's gonna be some great content. No, I mean, don't waste our time, DC. Let me let me let me tell you something right now. Gal, Gal Gadot is a capable actress. I mean, so far she's done a pretty good job giving with what she was given as Wonder Woman, as as Diana of Themyscira. You hire Patty Jenkins, a, a great director who's directed the Oscar-winning Monster, and um, I believe, no, she didn't direct North Country. That was Nikki Caro. But Patty Jenkins is a capable filmmaker as well. You take those two talents, and if you screw up. Wonder Woman, Warner Brothers, if, if that movie is botched due to studio interference a la Suicide Squad, I'm going to lose my shit on this podcast. Tell them why you're mad, bit. Because it's been, we are 18 years. 18 years overdue for a Wonder Woman movie. We are 18 years overdue from a superhero film starring a strong female heroine. When was the last? 18 years ago? Catwoman? So Holly Berry? Catwoman with Holly Berry. You see that in the long stretch of time since we've had com comic book movies, we've never had a strong female heroine, a strong female protagonist in any of them besides Catwoman. In, in Holly Berry's Catwoman in 2000, 2004. We don't have a Black Widow solo movie. We don't have a She-Hulk movie. Give it time. Give it time. MCU is coming, coming along. They'll give it to I us. I mean, we have Jessica Jones, thank goodness, on Netflix. Awesome show. Yeah, that's technically a TV show. You said movie. Yeah, TV show, but um, it's not a movie. Who else? Hawkgirl. Um, She's in Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, she is, but again, television show. I mean, I, I remember, yeah. I remember uh, when I was in high school... There were I heard when when I when we first heard rumors of a Wonder Woman film, and the one actress that a lot of people wanted to play the role was Catherine Zeta Jones, and she would have been phenomenal in the role. At that time. Yeah, and it was and it was a rumor to be written and directed by Joss Whedon, and I think Joss Whedon was actually. Trying, he dodged a bullet. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, he was trying to get it off the ground for some time, but it just never came through. So, all this time, not having. A strong female protagonist on screen in a, in a superhero genre. We're finally going to get one in Wonder Woman, who is the the quintessential, the epitome of female super superheroines. If this movie fails, Warner Brothers, DC, fuck the rest of your slate. Oh, this is going to be such a good episode if it does. I'm not going to watch Justice League because I have problems with Zack Snyder. I'm not going to watch Aquaman. I'm not going to watch The Flash. I'm not going to watch The Batman. I'm going I'm to ignore the rest of the DC slate if Wonder Woman flops. And I will lose my shit on this podcast because for all these years and you don't have a strong female protagonist and this one comes out and if it becomes another flop, ah, nonsense, man. Let's move on, man. Oh, I'm getting my blood pressure raised up. Okay. Man. Well, on a sad note, Swamp Thing co-creator Bernie Wrights and Pat passed away mm. at the age of 60 after a long battle with brain cancer. Mm -hmm. That's a shame. I actually Snapchat Swamp Thing on TV. It was on TV like late night. I'm like, oh my goodness. Was it the uh, old uh, series on, was it on the USA Network? Yep, or? that was right. it. <laughs> I remember that. That was it. Yeah, I also remember the old uh, the cartoon. Uh, cartoon. Yep. Swamp mm. Thing. <laughs> da -da -da. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But yeah, uh, co-creator Bernie Wrightson, yeah, he passed away and uh, he was praised by fans for his iconic uh, art style uh, for, with phenomenal line drawings, uh, which you can see on his uh, uh, official website, uh, among, other, among other pages. Uh, he, he also worked as a concept artist for films such as Ghostbusters, uh, Galaxy Quest, and Frank Darabont's uh, 2007 film, The Mist. Uh, he's survived by his wife, two sons, and one stepson. So rest in peace. yeah, rest in peace, legendary artist, and his work will never be forgotten. Very influential. And uh, last but not least, on the uh, uh, list of docket items, uh, Super Mario Run is uh, has been announced for the Android, Android devices. I still haven't paid that ten bucks just to play the rest of them. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it is a fun game. It is a fun and addictive game, but I just haven't. I haven't had the chance to just say, all right, let me pay the 10 bucks just to play the rest of the game. Mm. But Maurice said, and he's beaten it. Mm. I think twice I think he said. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, 
Yeah, Android, the Android, uh, Super Mario Run was uh, first released on iOS devices last year, and it currently has over 50 million downloads, so it's a very popular uh, Mario yeah. game. Um, I don't know, I might, I might give it a chance. Um, it's been uh, quite some time since I've played a Mario game, since I'm a big Sony head and PC gamer, so... Oh, do it. It's fine. Yeah. Is, is it free to download? Yeah. Okay, but it's... but it Free, but then the rest of the game is going to cost you 10 bucks. Oh, like microtransactions and all yeah. that? Okay. But yeah, so those are the uh, uh, docket items of this week. Um, there's another big, uh, big, big thing that you've gotten into. So. Um, yeah, I actually am the only one on the entire Codex Prime podcast who finished uh, Marvel's Iron Fist that was released this past Friday on Netflix. Hmm. I will say it has its it has its flaws. Generally, you know, don't I would say don't go by what the critics say. I mean, Rotten Tomatoes gave it about a good. I want to say 15%. Um, I will admit it's not as good as the previous uh, Netflix series released by Marvel, Mm. which is, you know, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. But it's still watchable. It's still enjoyable. Um, I enjoy looking out for the little little Easter eggs and little um, um, MCU tie-ins. I mean... And yeah, it's enjoyable. Um, Madam Gao, you, um, I realized, I knew how powerful that she was mm-hmm. before, you know, watching Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And even in the little bit of time that she was in Luke Cage, you really would not, you really do not know how powerful she is until you watch Netflix. There's a reason why she, uh, where Wilson Fisk will act hardcore as ever against everybody else. But when it came down to Madame Gao, he's just the most polite person you ever meet. Mm-hmm. There is a reason for that, and, and Iron Fist explains it more. Like I said, they have their um, they have they have their flaws. I don't really want to get too deep into it because I know there's a lot of it's still fresh and new. So there's a lot of people who haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll probably get back to it next week mm-hmm. if we, you know when we have our ne- next episode and we can go full head on full head on. Okay, and um, like, how is uh, Finn Jones in the main role as Danny Rand? He's a good Danny Rand. Okay, it's one of those cases where he's a good Danny Rand, mm-hmm. but not a good Iron Fist. Oh, interesting. Like, can you kind of elaborate on that a little? Like, it's kind of like I mean, um, the Danny Rand character. You know, is you know he was what he was. It's basically like the same thing as Arrow. We've seen the story before. He goes away for 15 years into a monast- for a monastery, mm-hmm. and then he just comes back to New York. It's like this whole new world has changed, but yet he still kind of thinks it's still that same world that he had when he was 10 years old when he left. So, um, and yeah, he comes back, takes over the company. Now, it's something that we've seen before, but yet Marvel style. I still. I still do recommend you do watch it, especially just to get the full story, which is leading up to the Defenders. Mm-hmm. Watch it. Okay. Oh, interesting. And um, like, out of all the uh, MCU Netflix series, where would you rank it? Number four. Number four. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say oh, that man. to never to next week, but I would say number. I would say it's my least favorite. Still enjoyable. Okay. Now, now it's it's interesting because I haven't I have yet to see an episode of Iron Fist, okay. but uh, from the from the several reviews that I've that I've read, uh, many of the problems uh, that many uh, of the reviewers had, uh, some of many of which focused on uh, Finn Jones' portrayal of the character, like yeah. uh, a common criticism that uh, the reviews that I've read pointed out was that his character didn't really develop or had very little development throughout the series, like he was still kind of like the same spoiled brat in a way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The 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 transit the transition to that between for going from spoiled brat to Buddhist monk mm-hmm. back to spoiled brat, it it, it they could have done a lot better with it. Um, I blame writing. I wouldn't necessarily blame the acting. I would blame the writing as well um, to that attribute. But mm-hmm. like I said, still watch it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying my hardest to sell this, and um, I still believe that you should watch it. Like I said, for other, for you know, there's other factors. Like the whole, um, the whole dilemma with the Meacham family is great, great, okay. completely superb. Like you just, you know, dealing with you know how they're reacting to 
Danny Danny Rand coming back and then dealing with um, uh, Harold Meacham, which is their father, and mm -hmm. just how they were running companies and then just running a company and then just a whole bunch of things just just went to a complete, utterly ugly change. So. Mm -hmm. I mean, and the way the actors portrayed it was completely, you know, was very good. Very good. I, like I said, I still to believe, I still say that the the show is enjoyable. Mm -hmm. It's still very watchable. Mm -hmm. So I would like to hear everybody else, too. Just, you know, let us know. Quarterspinepodcast at gmail.com. All right, indeed. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I, might, I might give it a shot uh, this, this coming weekend. You shall um, give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, since I've since I've watched the the first three uh, series, and, and it's all leading up to the Defenders. Yeah, and I'm that invested. If you're that invested into the Defender series, watching mm -hmm. uh, the previous uh, three superhero shows, mm -hmm. go ahead and watch it. Okay. Go ahead and watch it, so you'll get the complete story to what leads into the Defenders. Mm, indeed, indeed. Um, and also, like I, oh, one other question about Iron Fist, since sure. uh, since he's um, pretty much like a martial arts uh, yeah. a hero, a hero, how were the uh, how was the fight choreography compared to say Daredevil or even Luke Cage? Slow, slow, really? Yeah, um, you can definitely tell. I mean, kudos to uh, Finn Jones. So actually, he actually went through four hours of training a day, so he was very well invested into the role, but I just felt like I think they could have, um, I think the, especially, especially for a character who, for a kung fu character, I believe that they could have at least sped up the pace of the fight scenes. Um, probably, they were extremely slow at first, mm -hmm. but probably, I want to say by the time you get to episode four or five, Five. That's when they really pick up much mm -hmm. better. They, you know, bringing in different characters, the the Bruiser Brothers, especially that episode. That fight scene was amazing. It was basically just a two-on-one fight scene, but it was very worth it. Very worth the watch. Okay. Awesome. All right. So yeah, Iron Fist. Uh, whatever you guys, whatever you guys think, just email the show at codexprimepodcast at gmail .com. Um, I'll most likely get get around to watching it this weekend, and I'll share my thoughts. I hope that it's that'll be 13 hours well spent because I have way too many uh, television shows on my plate. But I will I'll I'll get it, I'll get into it this weekend. I completely stopped everything else I was watching just for that. Okay, indeed, indeed. Um, so yeah, that's uh, pretty much all we got. Do we have any emails or a question of the week? Uh, actually, we did we did get an email. Oh, I should have had this already. Uh, how unprofessional of me! Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, here's an email from this week from our uh, good friend, not Darren. Uh, he reads uh, subject line reads cease and desist, gentlemen. I forgot to properly gloat over Victor and Carl's head. The amazing come from behind victory of the New England Patriots. If only I could have seen your shit-eating grins dissolve to a look of chagrin as Tom Brady scored again and again and again. I urge you to call it the big game to avoid infringing on the copyright. In addition... Uh, before you continue, all right. I have said this the day of the game, and I will say it again. Dallas is coming. Yeah. Continue. All right, Dallas is coming. Uh, in addition, I look forward to watching Taboo as recommended by Aris. It sounds like a show I could watch with the wife. Hmm. For Victor, I am glad you bring reason to the Zelda and Nintendo conversation. Reese and Aris will keep taking a $500 Master Sword up the butt every three years. <laughs> I loved Zelda, but I cannot justify buying a new Nintendo every three years for one game. Great show, Not Darren. Thank you, Not Darren. So thank you, Not Darren, for your email. And uh, for any other listeners, please uh, email the show at codexprimepodcast at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, questions, feedback, whatever. Recommendations as well. Yes. And this week's question of the week. If you had to be trapped in a video game for one month, what would you choose? Hmm. For one month. You know, that's a... Uh, well, that, that, that's a little difficult to answer because many of the games that, that I do play, those are pretty much feature hellish landscapes that I wouldn't want to set foot in in the first <laughs> place. So, um... Oh, man. 
Yeah, you, you, do, do you have an answer? Uh, oh, I, I, I still got to think one. Uncharted. Really, Uncharted? Yep. I would have too much. I would have too much fun just jumping all over the place. Mm. Sure, I'll probably fall to my death eventually, but <laughs> it's worth a shot. It'll be fun. I'm going out happy. All right. Uh, any particular locale in Uncharted, or? Oh. Yeah, because you've played. Because you've beaten all four games, right? I have. Ah mm -hmm. oh, man. They were all kind of all over the place, though. Like Madagascar looked good, but I won't go to Nepal because that was cold. Mm, yeah. Um, I will go with you know I'll be like Nathan Drake's apprentice, but I won't go to Nepal though. It was too cold. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a fan of winter at all. As I said in a previous podcast, I mm. do not like winter. Yeah, me too. Um, if I had to be trapped in one video game environment for a month, um, I gotta go with Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, because. Uh, well, besides besides how gorgeous it is, but you know, uh, I mean, how can I resist an environment which features uh, robot dinosaurs and animals that try to kill you? That try to kill you? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can I can, I can stay in any of the villages, but um, I can learn how to use a rope caster and and tie one of them down, uh, and you know, strip them for parts. You know, it's cool. Or or explore any of the uh, uh, ruins from the old world, which is our world. Yeah. Worship all mother. <laughs> Worship all mother. Yeah. Or that, or you know what? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with a different answer, actually. Really? I'm going to go with Doom. Really? Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with Doom, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because if, if, if I were, well, on the condition that I could be uh, the Doom Slayer and just go around, like, slaying demons left and right, no, actually, no. Wait, that's that's way too intense and depressing. Just say Grand Theft Auto and call it a day. Yeah, you know what? That's funny. I was, <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say Grand Theft Auto Five. Even even with Trevor Phillips running around, I'll be one of the uh, one of the pedestrians that ends up getting run over by a monster truck or something. But yeah, I'll go with Grand Theft Auto Five. Maybe it kind of feels like a bit of a cheat because it's pretty much it's pretty uh, much real life. <laughs> a mirror of real life. But you know what? To be on the safe side, and it kind of sounds weird because I'm mentioning a GTA game, I'm going to go with GTA 5. <laughs> yeah. There you have it. Let us know. It'll be posted on our social media sites. Yep. Social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can find all our episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, as well as episodes on YouTube, including this one, our first ever uh, official YouTube episode. Yes. First time for everything. Yep, and hit us with a hit us with a review as well on iTunes. Yep. Yeah. Drop us down five five star review. Yep. Yes. Yes. Indeed. And uh, we will see you next week. Uh, hopefully, the whole band will be together. If not, it'll probably be another uh, two man power trip. Uh, so yeah, hit us up. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Later, nerds. Later.